48K News. It's 11 o'clock on Benche, the top stories. COVID case numbers have fallen below 1,000 infections for the first time in two months. Four people have been arrested for allegedly helping others convert consumption vouchers into cash. And crowds of people have flocked to popular destinations in the territory on the first day of Easter. Health authorities have reported 946 new COVID infections. The first time in two months, the number of new cases has dropped below 1,000. 11 of the cases were imported. Officials also reported 67 more deaths linked to COVID. Police have arrested four people for conspiracy to defraud by allegedly helping others convert their consumption vouchers into cash. Violet Wong has more. The two men and two women aged between 26 and 31 are either shop owners or a friend of a shopkeeper. They were arrested on Thursday after officers went undercover and found out some shops had been asking people to pay them with consumption vouchers online only for them to transfer the money back to the People's Bank accounts. Lung Ka Young from the Forces Financial Intelligence and Investigation Bureau said the shops would charge people 10 to 20 percent of the amount. The acting chief inspector said a total of $360,000 and 60 voucher holders were involved in the cases. The force also said they've arrested a man suspected of robbing a bank in Yaomate yesterday afternoon. More details from Jimmy Choi. Officers said yesterday a man robbed the bank of $14,000 cash after brandishing a gun-like object at the branch on Nathan Road after 3.30 and then fled. Ellen Chung of the Kowloon West Regional Crime Unit said they tracked down the 73-year-old suspect to a village house in Pakhung and Yunlong at about 11 o'clock last night. He said they recovered some of the cash and closed the suspect's wall during the incident. Mr Chong also said the gun-like object the suspect had held was a toy gun. The force said the man came from Singapore and had overstayed by about 10 years. Throngs of people have flocked to places like Saikong and the West Kowloon Cultural District on the first day of the Easter break, with some people saying they're happy to be able to go out now that the COVID situation has eased. One father told RTHK he's not worried about the virus transmission risks as his family had already caught COVID last month. The weather's so nice and our kids have been hiding at home for two or three months now, so we brought them here. Also, our family has just recovered from COVID, so we shouldn't get infected again. Next week, they have to go back to school, and they haven't been out much. Meanwhile, a restaurant manager in Saikung said he's expecting a full house, saying the eatery's revenue has almost doubled in the days since the government issued the consumption vouchers. The government is expanding an in-home vaccination program for the elderly and disabled towards the end of this month in all 18 districts. An online platform for registration will be launched on Tuesday, along with an inquiries hotline. Patrick Nip, the official in charge of Hong Kong's inoculation drive, said only the Sinovac jab will be available for now as it's more convenient to administer. He said medics will assess people's condition before vaccinating them. For those elderly and persons with disabilities who wish to get vaccinated but who are unable to go to these places, no matter how convenient they are, we have to serve them. And that's why we have to do this home vaccination service. And I'm grateful for all the healthcare teams and also all the other organizations and bodies and volunteers to join hands in doing this. 
Russia says airstrikes have hit a factory in Kyiv, which produces anti-ship missiles. The strike came a day after Russia said its flagship in the Black Sea, the Moskva, had sunk, after fires on board had caused ammunition to explode. There was no official reference to Ukraine's claims to have hit it with its home-produced anti-ship missiles. Russia is now warning it will intensify its attacks on Ukraine in response to what it called Ukrainian attacks on Russian territory. Here's a defense ministry spokesman, Igor Konashenkov. The number and scale of missile strikes against objects in Kyiv will increase in response to the commission of any attacks of a terrorist nature or sabotage on Russian territory by the Ukrainian nationalist regime. And on to the weather. It'll become cloudy, sunny tomorrow, temperatures ranging between 22 and 26 degrees. The outlook mainly cloudy on Sunday. Currently 23 degrees Celsius, the humidity 76%. RTHK, the time is now 5 minutes past 11. South Korea will lift most COVID-related measures next week, including all social distancing rules. However, the Prime Minister Kim Byo-kyum said an obligation to wear a mask outdoors would continue. From Monday, restaurants, cafes and other small businesses will be able to operate freely without a midnight curfew. Authorities in South Africa say 395 people are now known to have died in the severe floods in the province of KwaZulu-Natal. Many others are still missing. President Cyril Ramaphosa said he had visited a family that had lost 10 of its members, describing it as one of the saddest moments he had ever experienced. The BBC's Vumani Mkize is in Durban. The scale of the debris and the devastation that happened here is quite immense. Uh, we've got a number of volunteers who have come here to essentially uh, try and clean up their beaches and to try and make sure that the, that the area is usable again. And on the inland of this uh, province, a number of houses and bridges and roads have been washed away. And the devastation has really been uh, quite significant after so much rain has fallen over here. In the Middle East, there have been violent clashes in Jerusalem and the Aqsa Mosque compound in the Old City. It's a site sacred to both Muslims and Jews. For Muslims, it's the Haram al-Sharif or Noble Sanctuary, the third holiest site in Islam. For Jews, it's known as the Temple Mount and revered as a location of two ancient temples. Add to that an unusual confluence of religious festivals, Passover is about to start. It's the middle of Ramadan and it's Easter weekend. And already high tensions after a deadly spate of attacks by Palestinians and Israeli Arabs on Israelis and retaliatory raids on Palestinian areas. The clashes began after morning prayers. Footage from the mosque shows young Palestinians letting off fireworks and throwing stones. At least 150 Palestinians have been injured in the clashes with Israeli police. One of those injured in the clashes was a Palestinian cameraman, Rami al-Khatib, who accused police of using violent tactics. They brutally emptied the compound. They were attacking the employees of WACF, normal people, elderly, young people. There were many injured. They fired rubber bullets inside the Al-Aqsa Mosque compound. They were beating everyone. They even hit paramedics. They attacked the paramedics inside the compound. I hope it will get better. 
With just over a week to go to the second and decisive round of the French presidential election, the pay of a top motor industry executive has shot to the top of the political agenda. Shareholders in the Stellantis Group, which makes Citroën, Peugeot and Fiat vehicles, voted earlier this week to reject the pay package for Carlos Tavares, which might have netted him 70 million euros. The challenger and far-right Marine Le Pen said the proposed pay was shocking, and the current president Emmanuel Macron didn't disagree. I think we're talking about astronomical sums here, which were not regulated within a price range. We should put a cap on these. This could work if we act at a European level. It wouldn't work if it was only France. And as we have done with minimum taxes and the fight against tax evasion, we should be able to persuade our European partners to bring forward a reform that allows us to regulate our chief executive's salaries. Mr. Macron also told French Radio that he was in favour of an EU-wide ceiling for top executives' pay. An Algerian migrant who won over a quarter of a million US dollars in Belgium's national lottery is trying to work out how to prove his identity and claim his winnings. The man, who hasn't been named, won the prize when he bought a scratch card in March. The BBC's Grant Ferret takes up the story. The man left his home in Algeria about four months ago, crossing by boat to Spain and then travelling to France and Belgium. While contemplating a trip across the Channel to Britain, he bought a scratch card at a supermarket in Zeebrugge. But the sheer scale of his win caused a problem. It couldn't be paid in cash, and the man lacked the papers needed to open a bank account. When three of his friends attempted to claim the money on his behalf, they were arrested. A lawyer for the man said he would do everything he could to ensure that the lottery winnings were handed over as soon as possible. To end the news, the top stories again. COVID case numbers have fallen below 1,000 infections for the first time in two months. Four people have been arrested for allegedly helping others convert consumption vultures into cash. And crowds of people have flocked to popular destinations in the territory for Easter. The news from RTHK. Sweet bird of paradise Sweet bird of paradise 